Well, good morning, Riverbend Church. If you're in the Fourier or Fellowship Hall, we encourage you to come in and find a seat. We want to get going this morning. We have a busy uh, BFG hour of sharing some ministries with you, so come on in and find a seat. Wow, Craig, good matchy. You're good matchy with the girls. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for being at BFG Hour this morning. We know we have a lot of students and parents and helpers at uh, youth this week. They're having a great conference from what we've heard so far. We'll continue to pray for them as they're um, over in camp. They'll be heading home here this afternoon, and I know many of your parents will be looking forward to seeing your children. Um, but this morning, what we wanted to do was focus in on our ministries, at least some of our ministries here at Riverbend. Has everybody seen this ministry opportunity booklet we have? If you haven't, you should pick this up. There are times the pastors hear a few discouraging words like, well, we just don't have a lot of ministry here. We hold our tongue. <laughs> there is so much to do. You, if would you just look through this, there's something for everybody. There's nobody in this room who can say, well, I can't serve. There's nowhere for me to serve. I promise you, there's plenty. What we want to do this morning is just highlight a few ministries that are going on uh, in our church that you can be engaged with, you can pray, you can help support in many, many different ways. And, uh, and so we want you to listen intently uh, and and be a part of this, uh, because these are, these are people who have really, this is their calling. They love to do these things, and they want to share this with you today. So let me pray, and then we're going to start with our warm ministry. Father, thank you this morning for a gathering of saints, Lord, people that you have called to your name and placed them in the local church. And Lord, we're here to worship you and all that we do, Lord, whether that is... Uh, ministries um, that maybe are not as well known um, to our public proclamation of the gospel from the pulpit, Lord. All of those things, everything in between, our goal is to glorify you. We pray that you would uh, strengthen us for that task. Keep us on task, Lord. Help us not to be self-righteous or to uh, expound or push our own ideals, Lord. We are not here to do that. Our goal is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we pray, Lord, that we would together unite, Lord, uh, to do this both uh, here in Ormond Beach and Volusia County and surrounding counties, all the way around the globe, Lord. And we pray that you would uh, help us with those things. Grateful for this time now. Give us uh, hearts to, uh, to know and to, hearts to follow you and ears to listen now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our first ministry, we want to just talk with these ladies for a few minutes, is our ministry called WARM. And this is um, Bonnie Harris and Kay Moody, who are kind of our directors of this ministry. This is one of the ministries that we see, one of many, as we see as a real missions outreach of our church locally. Remember, missions isn't just some dark, deep, dark jungle. That certainly is, and we are involved in those. But we must go to Jerusalem first, Right? Go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, to, even to the ends of parts of the, uh, the, the remotest parts of the earth. So one of the things that we do is we try to make sure that God is using our church uh, locally as well. And, we're, and I, that's a lot about what this is about this morning. So 
Kay and Bonnie, let me ask you just a few questions here because maybe there's people here that don't understand or, uh, or understand what warm is about. First of all, warm, I don't think, is telling us the climate of Florida. Uh, what, what's, what does that acronym stand for? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity that we could share our ministry. Mm. Um, WARM stands for Women Assisting Recovering Mothers. Mm. And what it is is a recovery rehab center that assists in uh, drug addiction and alcohol addiction to ladies in the community. Mm. So um, the community of Bunnell is what we minister to. They have various types of training and counseling programs. Uh, they provide life skills. And um, with those life skills come life coping skills, parenting, childcare, homemaking, sewing, a lot of domestic type of skills. But along with that are areas that involve codependency and counseling. And so there are three ways that you can enter the WARM program. One is to be court ordered into the program by a judge. And that is a three month to a one year period. Typically it's six months. Another way is a family can Baker Act someone. Mm -hmm. If they feel like they need an evaluation, if they're a threat to themselves, they can go in that way. And then the other way is to voluntarily go. Mm -hmm. So, and if they voluntarily go, then they can usually take their children and their children have to be under the age of six. Okay, so warm, warm ministers, our ministry is called warm, but it ministers to these gals that are in a facility in Bunnell who have got their one way or another, court order, drug abuse, uh, they've really struggled, gone through some deep hardships in life, mostly probably self-inflicted, mm -hmm. um, but need help. So, so somehow we got ourselves involved with this. So, so Warm Ministry now moves to these gals. What's the range? I mean, what does this look like? What's a normal gal? Who, who is a normal gal at Warm that we're trying to minister to? The women that we minister to range in the age from 18 to 60 years old. Um, they come from all facets of life. They come from uh, homes that have been saturated with drugs, have been brought up in drugs, and they go to alcoholism for ladies that are up to 60 years of age. Mm. Um, and they are brought into this facility, as Bonnie said, through these various programs, and we have the opportunity to minister to them and offer them the hope of Christ. Mm. I've been there myself. Um, Gina and I go up there. I think we're scheduled in March to go again. I know some of our other guys go up and teach. But this is quite a ministry. I guess the next question is, um, why has Riverbend? Why, why does Riverbend do this ministry? What's, what's moving us to do this? There's got to be a philosophy. What is that? Well, the Bible commands us in Matthew 28 and several places, Acts 1-8, to go and make disciples, to minister like you talked about, to be witnesses in our community. Benel is our community. Yeah. So we want to go and share with them the hope that God gives us. Um, I want to give you just a couple of statistics, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, alcohol and drug abuse is very staggering. It's probably affected almost every single family in here, whether it's your mother, daughter, uh, son, uh, aunt and uncle sister, yeah, whoever it may be. We have grandmothers that are up there as well. It, um, drugs destroy marriages and families, and it's just one of the tools that Satan uses to ruin lives. Um, according to the latest data, over 27 million Americans used illicit drugs or misused prescriptions and medications. 
One out of eight people who suffer from drug abuse struggled with both alcohol and drug abuse together simultaneously. There's been over 200 people that die every day in the United States from drug overdose. And then I have a local statistic that is uh, pretty overwhelming. Locally, there was 1,084 drug overdoses in Volusia County in 2018. Yeah. That's a lot of drug overdoses. Yeah. Wow. Those are the ones that they give the Vicam or whatever that medicine is yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, to them. Um, yeah. So our prayer is that we share the love, hope, and joy with these women, that they would come to a, a saving faith of Christ. And um, we're called to plant seeds and then let God bring the harvest. It reminds me of me. Um, I plant a garden in the spring. And, you know, you prepare the soil, you pull the weeds, and you plant the seeds. And then you do it over again. You keep pulling those weeds because mm-hmm. a lot of them have uh, false beliefs. Yeah. And you plant the seeds and you let you pray and let God bring the increase. Mm-hmm. I read an article this week um, that said the largest group of addicted to prescription drugs in our nation is women 40, 40 to 55. And the article you know, was written by actually a pretty liberal person um, that said the women are back in the workforce. They don't quite know how to handle things. They turn to drugs to try to deal with issues um, in their marriages, their lives, and just... You know, and that, that's working stable people. The, mm-hmm. you, you guys have really stepped into the uh, 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 heart of where drugs have really just destroyed families and relationships and marriages. And, and, yet, and yet, you've had such a great impact there. Any of us that have been there, we walk away from that and go, we've got to keep doing that. Because that is such a great opportunity. And again, I think, Bonnie, you're so correct. So much of what you're doing, you may not see the fruit of that for a while. It may lie dormant there for a while, but the Lord may come along and water that and, and bring a harvest from those things. And we have seen ladies that have yeah. come from that. Yeah, and that's what we're praying towards. Yeah. Um, just for sake of time, as we want to wrap this portion up, um, I'm here, I'm listening to this um, I want to be involved. Who and how and how, how, can, how can we help this ministry? This is a great ministry. You have a bunch of ladies down here that are wearing pink. If you have noticed, they're, they're very much involved in warm. The whole t- there's a whole team of ladies that help on Monday nights here. So, yeah, and there's a few in the back back there hiding as well. So, Stand Kay, up, how, how, can, how, can, how can you become involved in this ministry? This ministry offers opportunities for ladies that are teenagers that you can bring your children in and they can help us babysit going all the way up to however old you are. We, can have, we ask that you come in and help us just hold a hand, give a hug, um, have a listening ear. These girls have not had the opportunity to have families like we know families. These families are broken by drugs. These girls, um, some of them have been raped by their families. Some of them have been uh, introduced to drugs in their families. So it impacts us all. It impacts every family that's in here. We know someone that has been impacted by drugs. So you can be involved by supporting us on Monday evening. We would love to have one woman per girl that comes in. We average between 15 to 35 people each week that come into this ministry. Um, They get to know us, they come up, they give us hugs, they tell us about their week. So you can impact them by being one-on-one with them. You can impact them by helping us do functions, by teaching, 
Um, there's so many skills. If you have a craft skill, we could use your craft skill. Many ways that you could be involved in this ministry. You can talk to any of the ladies in the pink shirts here, and they can tell you about their heartbeat. It's a ministry of compassion. It's a ministry to minister to your daughter, to your granddaughter, to your aunt, to your cousin. It's a ministry that God has commanded us to go to, to give a cup of cold water in his name, to reach a, a hand out to help those that are in need. And ladies and gents, this is the only time they may hear the gospel. They may come in one time and we never see them again. And they may come in for six months in a row and we really get to know them. So I encourage you, please, pray about it and come join us in this ministry. Yeah, thank you, Kay. And Bonnie, we, we are not pretending that these ladies are innocent. They have made, they, they have sinned. They're in great sin. They have chosen their paths. But are we any different? Theirs has been exposed. Um, they've got into addictive substances. They've, they've, but left to ourselves, that could be us if it weren't the grace of God. And so it really is a ministry that we don't overlook their sin. We deal with sin there, don't we? We know that the wages of sin is death. It's right in front of us there. And we're able to share that personally as well. And so, um, so what you're saying is you need prayer warriors, people who can come and just sit. And what's really fun is, as we've been up there, is as we sit and teach, here's all of you spread out among these girls, sitting with these girls, giving them comfort, giving them a godly woman in their life, praying to see what God would do. And I just think there's so many opportunities there as well. There's so many of them that just haven't had any kind of a home life at all. They haven't had a mother to give them a hug or to say, I love you. No. Or... If they have, sometimes they've just ruined the relationships because they've stolen from them or yeah. lied to them. Um, but we yeah. can be an encouragement to yeah. them. It, it's safe there. Right. I, I've taken my wife there. Our, our teenagers come up and help us, help you all babysit. And so it is safe. It's a good environment. It's a very clean environment. It's very, very well run. And they have given us the freedom to come in there. And uh, we thank the Lord for that, that favor that has God has given. Well, let's give a hand to the warm ministry and I'll pray for him. <laughs> Father, thank you for this ministry. Lord, we know that you have great roles for all of us to do, Lord. And this is one of them, one of, going to those who, like us, are undeserving of grace. And yet we have experienced that, Lord. And so I thank you for these ladies who so faithfully, for so many years now, gone up to the warm ministry in Brunel and have ministered there faithfully, Lord. And as we're reminded, we always don't see fruit immediately, Lord. But we compel, we are compelled to go. And we are those who make an appeal for you, Lord. And we share the gospel. So we thank you for these ladies. I pray that you would encourage others to join this ministry and help them, give them uh, favor with that organization up there. May they continue to have that. May that organization see the fruit of these kind ladies who come in and minister to these gals. And may they have a long-standing ministry there, Lord. Thank you for them. Bless this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The next ministry that we just want to highlight for a few minutes, we actually kind of go the opposite direction from the women that are uh, somewhat incarcerated at Warm Ministry to men who are incarcerated at 
ministry um, in prison. So um, come sit here, Jeff. He's going to take that chair away there. Um, Jeff Carson is leading our prison ministry. Uh, how many of you knew we had a prison ministry going on? Uh, it's pretty neat what's going on here. Um, Riverbend has a prison ministry. Um, how did that get started, Jeff? I mean, tell us how we got into this. Um, here. I was... You got to talk through that. Pull it out? No. Yeah, pull it up. There you go. Thank you. Stuck. <laughs> um, I was introduced to Tomoka um, CI probably about five years ago. Um, I, had been, I had been working um, in Tom Massabo's ministry through Inmate Encounter, where we go around the state uh, and, and minister to various prisons. And the last prison on a particular weekend was Tomoka CI. Uh, and as soon as I got there, I kind of fell in love with the place, kind of fell in love with the men, um, kind of fell in love with the idea that I could do ministry to these men who just desperately need it uh, and, and not have to wander all the way down to Africa or, or you know, all the way down to Miami. Um, not that they're the same. <laughs> but uh, I truly, desperately, fully fell in love with the idea of ministering to men who had less of an opportunity than I did, um, who for m- in most cases have a common denominator, and that common denominator is either bad dad or no dad. And in many, many cases, bad dad is better than no dad at all. Uh, and, and I can get into that uh, more fully, but you can, you can see that these men desperately want and somehow believe in a, a father figure, in authority, in submission, but they've never seen it. They don't, know how, they don't know what that looks like. Very much like the warm ladies. You know, these are men who, who don't really know what a, a good Christian father figure looks like. And so, in many cases, they're desperately in need of that. So, Jeff, who are you encountering? What walks of life are there? We, we know that they've certainly committed crimes. They could be in there for a, a whole host of those. We don't need to go into that. But what kind of backgrounds, ethnic diversity, what, what do you see in the prison when you, when you guys go in there on Thursday nights? That's a funny question. Um, because you, you, you can see color. That's just, it's really simple to, to see color. But at the end of the day, after you've been there for, for uh, a couple of months or so, you, you stop seeing color. You start seeing uh, a man who's still a boy, who desperately needs a father. And w- that's what we do. We, we, we do two things. One, we point him to the father and we throw seed. That's, that's the, the simplified uh, version of, of what we do. And, um, and therein, we are given opportunity that, that might be difficult or cumbersome or uncomfortable or, or just, just inoperable uh, out on the streets. These guys will come to you, and they'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, we've, we are currently teaching fundamentals of the faith. Uh, just went through lesson number four. Lesson number five is coming up. 
And, um, and there are men in there that will tell you, I am a Christian man, this is how I became a Christian man, and, and that's a story that we hear. We also hear the exact opposite story that says, I, I don't get it. it. It hasn't worked for me. I, I don't understand it. And therein lies an opportunity. It's not a door that's closed. It's a door that's open so that you can show that person it's, it's your responsibility to go and search out God and not just to read your Bible, but to pick somebody that you truly trust and study that Bible with them so that you can get the real version of God, not the version that you may have heard of or assembled in your mind, etc. Yeah. So, Jeff, uh, I know we continue to order stacks of fundamentals of faith for you, both in uh, English and Spanish. Um, we, you're taking them through that really systematic approach to the Bible, God, Christ, the gospel, and so forth. Um, there's been many nights that you've told me, you've sent me an email or a text or something where one of your guys taught and you just, you go, man, we're sitting there with what, 60, 70 guys, a whole block. They give you a whole block of men and you're going through the doctrine of God with them or the doctrine of salvation. Respond to that because I want our people to understand what, you have a very captive audience. <laughs> um, and so this is, this is a great opportunity. Captive being the, aud- the, uh, the, the definitely the word of, of the day. Um, for those of you who've been in the military, these, these buildings look very, very much like a barracks. Or for those of you about to go in the military. Uh, these look very much like a barracks. Concrete floor, concrete block walls, bunch of double-decker um, beds that is basically as many as you can smush in there and still get a middle aisle down the middle. Um, what was your question again? <laughs> uh, um, the impact of teaching. Oh, yeah. The, and some of the guys have come out, have you told me after some of your lessons you've taught? Yeah, we have, we have more stories than we have time for here today, but if I can just hit maybe a couple, one or two. Um, I was ministering to a Jehovah's Witness man, guy that I just, I, I developed a great love for. And, and what, we, what we decided together was, you believe things that are different than I believe. Let's make a pact, you and I. Let's open the Bible. Let's read the Bible to the very best of our ability without prejudice. Let's, um, let's exegete the text. Let's find out what God says to each of us and without prejudice, let's agree to, to just believe what the Bible tells us. Um, and and that, that relationship went on for a time. He ended up getting in trouble and got moved to a different dorm. But the point is this. When, when one of our guys is teaching, I usually sit up front. And this particular night, this gentleman was sitting next to me, big, tall, black guy. And, uh, and he taps me on the shoulder and he goes, look. So we're to the right of most of the folks. He goes, look. And I turn around and look, and he, he whispers in my ear, they're all listening. They all have their Bibles out. They all have the fundamentals of the faith book out, and they're engaged. He said, I've, I've never seen that. Hmm. Never. Hmm. And then a very recent story. Um, <clears throat> last week, two weeks. Two weeks ago, Dorman was teaching doing a fantastic job, Dorman Parson, and, um, and uh, I happened to look 
to my left, exactly as if this gentleman was still sitting next to me. And I saw this man who until very recently had said, I don't, I don't know what I believe. I, I, you know, I'll try it. I, I, no promises. You know, it sounds interesting. You're kind of a nice guy, but I'll give it a try. I saw this man had his Bible out on this knee, had fundamentals of the faith out on this knee, sitting just like this, and he's reading and looking up the scripture answers to the questions that many of you have looked up when you took fundamentals of the faith with this church. And I can't tell you. I told him. I went up and walked up to him, and I said, that's like a $500 gift certificate to Bass Pro. You know, the encouragement that you gave me and others by your silent witness that you probably weren't even realized, you, you weren't even aware of, to be able to watch you sit there and, and look up the scripture and, and do your homework and write, this, write the scriptures down in class and be attentive and look and listen and be engaged, that's Bass Pro, baby. We, like we said earlier, we, we, we can't make the harvest. That, that is the work of God. But, Jeff, there's a clear opportunity here that you men who are going in on Thursday nights are having there, and that, that impact is, is great, and, and we're so thankful for that. Just in closing, Jeff, can, can any of those men come talk to you and Dorman and I think Dave Sasser and others, or there's a bunch of you that are involved, can they come find you guys and say, hey, how can I be involved? I remember leaving a text to one of the guys that works with you. I was looking for him for something else, and he, go, he finally responded back to me. He says, I've been in prison. Sorry, I missed your text. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I knew, oh, it's Thursday night. That's right. The guys are over there teaching fundamentals of the faith. So, so can they come up, and are you, uh, do you need help? What do you, what do you need in this ministry? Um, yes, absolutely. If I can steal from the Marine Corps, we're looking for a few good men. Um, and, and let me define what a few good men looks like. Uh, a, a gentleman who has taken fundamentals of the faith through our church. Uh, a gentleman who has gone through um, uh, your class, DTP, with our church. Because, because I'm looking for two different guys at the end of the day. One guy can teach, and, and, and I don't mean somebody who's willing to teach or thinks he might want to teach or has never taught before. I'm talking about somebody who is gifted to teach, who has been vetted by our pastors and our, and our elders to be able to teach, who has the gift to teach. That's one guy. Just absolutely as important as that one guy is, is the guy who has the ability to create relationship. Because they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Care, that's exactly right. So creating relationship. And and in closing, if I can, one last thing. The the, um, probably the, the second most important part of our ministry is, is to um, find those guys who are in there for three months left, six months left, something like that, and help them create an exit strategy. And that exit strategy um, that we've put in place has been very, very successful in the past. We've got guys who now own their own businesses who are very successful businessmen who have been out for years and who are still towing the line. And, uh, and we also have guys who were in Tomoka, I want you to hear this, if you haven't heard anything else I've said, who were in Tomoka CI as a prisoner, who now go back. 
as a volunteer. And even if I was eloquent, I could not possibly match the testimony that those kind of men have. Just can't. I don't have the rapport. But men like that who are out, who have been out, who are making it, who are now productive members of society, and who are achieving great things outside, even though, you know, completely irresponsible or irregardless of the fact that they were inside at all. Really fantastic. But yes, we're after two different kinds of guys. Guys who can make relationship, guys who can teach. Amen. Well, let's pray for this ministry. Father, we thank you for just a few minutes with Jeff and these men who faithfully on Thursday night go and proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Again, Lord, we look at these inmates and we could say, there go I, if it were not the grace of God. And so it is your grace Uh, undeserved in our lives that we share the gospel. And I pray that that will be the continuing motivation for Riverbend's prison ministries and all of our ministries, Lord, that it is the grace of God that drives that, the glory of uh, a Savior named Jesus Christ who has a personal relationship with us that drives these these ministries and relationships, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would uh, raise up more people to help and serve in these kinds of ministries, Lord. We pray that you would bless these men, keep them safe, Lord, give them favor. They need favor with wardens and uh, the state of Florida that comes down with new rules all the time. Lord, give them favor. And, and Lord, while we have that open door, may we run through it, Lord, and continue to give this glorious message to these men that are just like us, so desperately need of salvation. So bless this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, Jeff. We're going to have Bobby up here in just a moment um, because Bobby is our our outreach uh, uh, minister and he he is a real blessing to have here and and we'll talk with him later. But I just wanted to take a few minutes and kind of update you of what we're doing missions-wise and just give you a little bit of a glimpse of where we're going. Um, We do give out a lot of money here at, at... uh, mission for in our missions and uh, it's uh, as we continue to grow and God reshapes Riverbend into new ministries and uh, I I pray that you'll see where we're going in time and we'll be more clear in these things um, but it does take time to develop these things but right now um, just locally we with warm with our warm ministry and alpha pregnancy ministry uh, we just try to help them financially so the church out of our missions budget gives um, $250 a month just to those ministries. And, and they use that to meet needs of these ladies um, and uh, in both warm and alpha. And it's interesting, alpha pregnancy and warm work hand in hand together. Uh, so it's a great ministry of our church to, to work with these two as they try to serve um, these ladies and share the gospel with them. Um, uh, when we get into overseas ministry, uh, we have several that we're very much engaged with. Um, most of you remember Nilo Sanchez and um, uh, the ministry what we, what was called Salagracia Ministries in the Philippines. Uh, that's Nilo and his wife Fele and a whole host of people they have trained through the years. Um, Nilo is uh, continuing to grow that ministry. We support, we support the rest of all these ministries, four to $500 a month, each and every one of them. And 
I don't know if you know, a lot of churches will support, we were missionaries for a long time, they'll support you $25 a month, and you got to go out there and try to find a hundred churches, you know. That didn't cover the postage stamps that you have to try to communicate with them. So we try to try to give four to five hundred dollars a month to these ministries so they're not so tied up in the labor of constantly trying to find people to support them. So we try to come in as best we can. But Nilo is one of the ministries we've had. We've had Nilo here. We'll get him back, I hope, before the Lord takes him home one of these days. Um, uh, when I was there this last August, no, a year ago August, um, one of the things that a group of, group of men here in the States that have helped, we've been together helping Nilo from the state side develop that ministry. We really challenged him to make sure he was developing men. If God took him home, what would happen to the ministry? So we really pushed him hard in that area as well. This year he is, all these men he's trained for years, he's identified his, his top leaders and he has set those leaders in every aspect of the ministry. From seminary to the mobile Bible schools uh, to the church planting, he has men that oversee all of those ministries. And he has really stepped out of those ministries. And, and you know, Nilo's health is not well. He still is on the go. So I get an email from him just two weeks ago. And he says, Scott, just want to catch up what's date, what's going on, list all these guys that he has turned this ministry over to. He says, but we're starting a new one. He has moved to Lausanne, and he is starting the whole ministry over that he's done in Mindanao. So the whole idea was, Nilo, we think you're going to die. Make sure you have men to take this. Nilo, translation, I got guys taking this. I'm going to go start another one until I die. They're starting the whole thing over on a whole nother island with new Bible school, mobile Bible school, and a future seminary and church planning. And it, 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 I get around him and I come away and I, he is a definition of faithfulness. And, um, and I, I just, I read the email and I laughed. I go, go get him, Nilo. Because you're going to serve till you fall on your face someday and the Lord takes you home. And so praise the Lord for Nilo. Tom Molina is in Spain. Um, he is involved with Berea Seminary there. Seminary plant um, that we're familiar with a lot of the guys that are there. But mainly it's a church planting ministry as well. And so they're spread out all over Spain training pastors. Um, uh, uh, Tom graduated from our seminary out west uh, from, from Cornerstone uh, seminary out there, um, and he is vitally going. He is very, he's planted several churches already, so he is a part of the training of the church planners. And then he goes and helps those men as they get the, the, the churches planted. Many of you remember Ton that was here as well a few years ago. Uh, Carlos Montoya is, is a new one we picked up this year. Uh, Carlos is the head of Meta. So those who have been down to Meta and seen the, seen the organization down there where they train pastors from all over the Latin world, those five Latin communities and beyond that, um, uh, Carlos is the head of that. So Carlos oversees that ministry. It's a, it's a fantastic ministry of getting men prepared for the ministry in the Latin world. And so they're trained. They're a module-type school. They come in for two weeks. They train them. They send them back home for a month, come back for another two weeks, and that's how seminary is done in that third world. And Carlos Montoya is involved with that. Um, many of us have been friends with Carlos for many, many years. He's extremely faithful. And uh, he preached here last year at our missions month. Um, we have several church plants going on down there. One is Melvin Romero, 
Uh, Melvin, as you know, is a great friend of our ministry. We support him monthly as well. Um, we've, many of us have been down there preach. I was recently down there myself, not too long ago, Gene and I, and uh, preached and did some training with their, their church. In fact, all the sales of the t-shirt money is going to their church and their outreach to their community. As we speak about Honduras here, Honduras is really getting slammed. Uh, the new president has changed the whole direction of the, the country. He's, in their own words, is robbing the country. You know those whole big bands of groups that are moving towards America all the time? Many of them are Hondurans. They're being driven out of their own country. There's no work there. Melvin said, things are desperate here in our town. There's all the factories that used to be here. People, the owners have moved them out of Honduras because of the political pressure that's going on and the guy and the president who is robbing the country. And so it's very, very difficult down there. And uh, our goal is um, hopefully by the end of the summer, first of fall, to send a team down there. We'll talk about that more later. Um, we also support, um, in, in, a, in a looser way, Hernan Sierra, who is also down in uh, the capital city of Tegucigalpa. And Gina and I were recently there as well and did a conference for his church. And it's someone we want to do more with, but we do help him from time to time. He does all the translation work uh, for Meta and for many of the conferences that go on down there. Um, further, as we get out of the Latin world, we move into Africa with Compassion for Congo. We're still very much involved with that ministry. Uh, Pastor Didier, I think he was here last year. Um, we had Didier speak, and, or maybe it was the year before. I'm losing my years here. Um, but the ministry continues to go. It's a hard ministry as well, very poor, a very poor area, third world. But DDA continues to train men. They continue to take in orphans. Um, the biggest request is that, that a USA will allow these adoptions to take place. Um, you know, we all see border stuff and war over all that stuff. And, and certainly we want our nation protected and those type of things. There's nothing wrong with that. But the outcome to that is often on, the, on people that are trying just to get a baby in here. Uh, I know they have a list of babies that are already paperwork done on both sides, but because of the standoff, they are not able to bring babies into America right now. And this is a problem not only with Congo, but, um, but with other nations. Um, we, we've helped out with shoes. Uh, we have a, they have a, every year they try to buy shoes for every one of the orphans and every one of the children that are in their three churches. This year we sent $2,500 down to pay for those shoes. And they, they're a leather shoe. And if you've been in the third world, you've seen them. The kids wear them. They wear them to school and back forth. They last about a year. And then we, every year we send money to buy shoes um, down there as well. Um, Patty Parks. Patty just returned back to Ireland. She's very much a part of us. We're excited with her. We spent a lot of time with Patty when she was here uh, as she was transitioning. She left one ministry that as she went over there, she learned a lot, saw some, some maybe lack of direction, and by God's grace, a lot of prayer, a lot of counsel. She has gone back now with a new ministry that she's uh, helping them with her children's ministry and their women's ministry as well. She's very excited about it. I just spoke with her. She just landed uh, last week. And uh, um, we, did we do a lot of little things. We certainly support Patty um, monthly, but uh, like we bought her plane tickets to get her there um, uh, as well. Um, uh, the, the next ministry that we're really moving towards is also in the Latin world is Costa Rica. 
Um, this is a ministry, and I've got to quickly move through this, but this is a ministry that's grassroots. We're working with Tony Sinelli's church on this. Gina and I have been down there. Um, it is three guys who studied their Bibles and realized the doctrines of grace on their own. They just studied. They go, whoa, God saves, not us. Wow, he knows from the foundations of the world. And they got ostracized from all their churches. In some cases, it was their dad who was the senior pastor of the church that threw them out. Uh, so we were able to meet with them. They're lovely men. They're doing a great job. They have very well-discipled churches. They're really growing, and they desire to train other men. So we are getting in on the grassroots of that. We've sent uh, several large donations down to help them get established, and we'll be traveling down there uh, to help them uh, in every way, to train them, also help them build some buildings. Those things are coming in our Costa Rica ministry. There's lots of little things we do from buying wash machines. Some of you have donated money to wash machines to the Congo. We will take that and add to that. Um, there's ministries that come up that we often one time try to help out. Uh, just always have our hand in some, some form of missions. This year, our goal as elders, we were speaking about this, is to uh, try to communicate better with you on a monthly basis, different missionaries that are going up, going on, and uh, that's uh, where we're headed this year with that. Um, if you want to talk about those things later, I know we're running out of time quickly here. Um, but uh, can I just take a moment just to pray for our missionaries and that you would uh, continue to pray for them. Um, this, just like this Saturday, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, anybody can come to our, our prayer and support team, our missions prayer and support team. You don't have to be called or elected to this thing. You can come and you can hear from these missionaries. You can sit at a table and pray for missionaries. And again, this Saturday morning we'll be meeting. So please um, take a few, take an hour or so out of your day and come meet with us uh, this Saturday. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to partner with missions around the world. We thank you that we have a chance to speak um, through these men and women, Lord. We can share that partnership with them. We continue to be overwhelmed, Lord, that that you let us do that. We were sinners ourselves, and now we have our hand in people around the, Lord, around the world, Lord. I, I failed to mention even uh, the Stringers and, and Kyle and Della, Lord, in Morocco, in a place that's very difficult, Lord, in northern Africa. And so we, we, you've allowed us to be in many different continents throughout the Latin world and the African world and the Spanish world, Lord, and uh, and then here at home as well, ministering to people who have been incarcerated or going through difficult times. Their choices have led them to, to difficult times, Lord. And we pray that we would engage in missions, Lord. We would constantly, all of us, we would not just leave it up to the, to the elders to choose this or do that, but we would be engaged with it. Pray, give, be a part of the gospel being spread around the world, Lord. So please bless this ministry, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, next, I want Bobby to come up. Where are you, Bobby? Come on up. Um, Bobby is our minister of outreach. And um, if you know Bobby at all, you would say, that's a good fit. Uh, and so uh, Bobby's going to help us with missions. We're trying to work on several new things that are going on. But um, what we wanted to do, Bobby, is just take a moment to, to ask a few questions and allow you to help us 
um, understand some direction, where we're going, how we can be involved with different things. So first question, what has Riverbend been doing to evangelize where God has us now? What, what are we doing currently? What are some of the things we're doing? We have a whole list here, but what are some of those things that we have going right now, Bobby? No, that's a great question. And um, first, I wanted to say thank you to Riverbend Community Church for giving me this responsibility of helping with outreach and evangelism. If you could pick your dream job, I'm sure many of you would like to be a professional basketball player, race car driver, but I can't think of anything better than to be a part of a team where my responsibility is to tell other people about Jesus. So thank you so much for entrusting me with this position. But currently what we're doing here at Riverbend in about 10 minutes, um, we're going to walk through a lot, so forgive me if I'm speaking quickly. But one of the things that we started this year at Riverbend is something called the First Impressions Team. And so we have a group of outgoing individuals here at Riverbend, and their sole responsibility is to target new people to our church, to greet them, to love them, to get them plugged in here at Riverbend. And this is so important because I don't know if everyone realizes, but there are lost people who come to Riverbend weekly. And I talked to someone maybe two weeks ago right outside those doors And you just finished preaching on how we are saved by grace and not by works. And I targeted this new person, and I asked her very plainly, what do you think it takes for a person to go to heaven? Thinking she was going to say everything that you just taught. Mm. Guess what she said? By works, by good works. And I said, Mm. sweet friend, let's walk through what the Bible actually teaches. So God has entrusted us with a lot of opportunities to share the gospel, but the most obvious opportunity are the opportunities that are happening here every Sunday. And so if a lost person takes the first move of actually coming to church, by God, we should do everything we can to greet that person, love that person, and give them biblical instruction. So we have a group of people here at Riverbend. It's called the First Impressions Team, and their job is to find those people. But I also want to be clear that everyone, to some capacity, should be a part of that team. Um, greeting people with the love of Christ. Thank you so much for being here. And then if the Lord allows it, following up with a gospel um, conversation. But also what we're doing here at Riverbend is continuing an outreach culture. And what I mean by that is every event that we have at Riverbend is an outreach event. Basketball camp during the summer, outreach event. Christmas Eve Eve service, an outreach event. The seminars that we're doing, we have a lot of cool topics from parenting to finances to understanding what the Bible means. Guess what? You can invite all your lost friends to those things. And it's an opportunity to get the gospel in front of those people. So what we're doing here at the church is uh, something called the First Impressions Team. But everything that we do here at Riverbend is a potential outreach event. But we're also doing a lot of different things in our community also. Um, Has everyone heard of the PIN ministry? The PIN ministry is an acronym, and it stands for Person in Need. So over Thanksgiving and Christmas, we set out a challenge to our churches. We want to know about the needs in our community so that we can meet those needs but also share Christ with other people. So over Thanksgiving and Christmas, we distributed 100 different gifts or services within our community from doing lawn care um, to giving Thanksgiving baskets, to giving presents, and all those different things. And so those were unique opportunities for us to meet needs in the community, but also to share Christ. Um, And we're going to be doing that throughout the year, but probably a heavier emphasis on the PIN ministry 
during holiday season. But um, can I just share a quick story with that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is an example of how the pen ministry works. Um, I got a phone call um, during the Christmas time, and uh, this is a brother in Christ. He called me and he said, I just engaged this woman at Walmart. She works there. But by talking to her, I found that she was in drastic need. Um, Not drastic need, but she's just coming across some financial hard times. I know what you're doing here at Riverbend. Is there anything that we can do to reach out to this employee at Walmart? I said, absolutely. Do you have her contact information? And so I called her, and I just told her what we're doing here at Riverbend, and I walked her through the gospel. And we talked on the phone for about 30 minutes, and I asked her, have you ever heard this before? No. But what you're saying is absolutely amazing. And I said, it is amazing, isn't it? The gospel is awesome. But we want to do more than just give you the message. We actually want to meet you, and we want to give you some Christmas presents for your children. And so we did that. But I also invited her to church because every event is a? Outreach. Outreach event. And so I invited her to the Christmas Eve Eve service. But um, when I called her, I was like, hey, you're still coming. And she said, yes, absolutely, but I have a problem. It's like, well, tell me more about your problem. I was going to go with a couple people, but now I have like eight people who want to come. And I have no idea on how I'm going to get all these people here. And so I reached out to the, the McCrae's. They actually lived like a quarter mile from the McRae family. Mm. And so the McRae family picked them up, drove them to church, and they came and they participated in our Christmas Eve Eve service. And as I was serving hot cocoa, she came up to me and pulled me aside and said, you want to hear something crazy? I said, absolutely. You know that message you told me about Jesus? I heard it again tonight. I can't (laughs) believe it's true. And I was like, praise the Lord. And so, and that's what we're trying to get after with the pin ministry, with uh, first impressions ministry, with every event as an outreach event is we want people to hear the gospel, but we also want them to know the love of Christ through our behavior. And so those are some of the things that we're, we're doing here at Riverbend. There, there's a few other things going on. We have um, some convalescent ministry going on now as well. I, I know we've, Brent Davis is involved with uh, Avantes and Bill Walter with Ormond and the Pines, but we've started a, by the grace of God, there's actually another one that has started that you have some guys preaching in, the, I think, the gardens. Yeah, so we have a, there's an assisted living facility behind the Volusia Mall. It's called the Gardens. And we had one of our members just contact the church, Valerie, I don't want to call her out, Santo, she's over there, she's blushing, but um, she called and said, there's a unique opportunity at my workplace to share the gospel every Sunday, can we do anything? And those are the phone calls you love as an outreach pastor. Like, yes, absolutely. I wish we got those phone calls every day. And so from her intentionality and seeing the need, and that's really what what we want to do at church is partner with one another and how we can engage one another and fully support one another in ministry. So I responded to Valerie, and we have a group of men that's been preaching at this assisted living facility for the last month and a half, um, from our younger men to our older men, um, Corey Adams, Matt Carswell, John Nero, they're all teaching there. And I um, received some feedback from the people who are living at this assisted living facility. And what I heard was one of the men was crying. Um, And the reason that he was crying is because he heard the gospel and was so happy that it was being preached at his assisted living facility. So that's a really exciting ministry that just started about a month ago. But it really came through the, the ideas of our members. And yeah. we just ran with it. So. And again, Brent Davis and Bill Walder are doing very similar things. They're teaching at 
these convalescent ministries, uh, last stages of life, but opportunity. And we know the Lord loves it. He saves people hanging on crosses. Right. So he loves those Can 11th I, hour. Let me just jump in there real quick because if you're one of those people who want to grow in being able to share your faith with other people, there's two ministries where you can start, where you can just break it down to be very basic. Number one is in the children's ministry. Right, Rachel? She needs help. But if you can share the gospel with a four-year-old, you can share the gospel with a 40-year-old. But we need practice and equipment. So she needs people, and we all need to grow in being able to share our faith. So those are some opportunities where we can grow, but volunteer at current opportunities that are available. Um, So if you're one of those people who's like, well, I want to share my faith, how can I get started? Well, you can help teach at the gardens. We'll, We'll help you. I'll help you. And then you can also volunteer in other areas like the nursery as well. Yeah, I think that's great. And we have, I tell Rachel, you get some of our best people down there. Yeah. And it, it might be that we need to transition them into the next ministry where that's somebody right. else can come in and now teach. And you could come in and teach underneath one of those teachers for a little while as they yeah. transition into another ministry right. and take that ministry and keep developing, discipling, keep developing keep the growing. next layer of, of ministries. Um, uh, let's, let's ask for the sake of time, well, I hear this, Bobby. I'm, I know the gospel. I've been a Christian for a while. How, how do I get started? How, what do I do to practice this? I mean, mm. uh, I come to church. I mark my territory out. Mm. I put my Bible down. Mm. And then I listen to good music and a good sermon. And then I go home. Mm. Is there more for me to do? And how do I get out of that routine? Of, yeah. of just merely coming and not engaging like I might. I think a lot of people's heart wants to do it. They're just mm. afraid. So knowing that this is your strength, Bobby, mm. walk, let's walk through it with a person like that. Yeah, I, th- I love Colossians 4, 5. And it says, when you engage outsiders, take or make the most of every opportunity. Yeah. So if you're one of those people who wants to grow in sharing your faith, the first thing that you can do is be aware of the opportunities that are around you, but also take advantage of those opportunities. Um, for example, I know we're running out of time, but I think this is a good illustration, where I was at a medical conference with my wife this weekend. It was at a resort, and um, we parked to, so that Heather could work the event. And as we're parking, my children and I just happened to be walking with another man up to the convention center and he had um, a big fat cigar in his mouth, had a cane. He was a very nice man, but somehow we started talking about politics. I don't know, my favorite topic, and talking about Trump and all these different things. But in the midst of that conversation, I'm always thinking, how can I transition this to the gospel? How can I take the next step? Because I care about our country, but I care more about the kingdom of God. I want to go from point A to point B. And as we were walking to the hotel lobby, I asked him, I told him, I said, sir, uh, I understand our country is not doing so great. However, I'm grateful that I have hope in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we transitioned the conversation from politics to the gospel. And we spent the next 20 minutes talking about Jesus and what it takes for a person to go to heaven. And we prayed together with my two kids in the hotel lobby for everyone to see but it started with an opportunity that God presented to us because we believe in the sovereignty of God, right? So God is sovereignly giving us opportunities to participate and we have the privilege to do that. So what can we do as Christians? Be aware of those opportunities, but also take the next step 
in presenting the gospel. Later that day, that same day, we were fishing at the fishing dock, and another couple from Chicago just walked right up to us. And what is the first thing if you encounter someone from Chicago, what do you say, especially now? You're freezing, right? So we talk about the weather for about, I don't know, 20 minutes because it's so cold in Chicago. But again, I'm always thinking, how can I transition from freezing to heaven? And so one of the things that I like to ask if I talk to someone in there from Chicago, I ask, well, tell me more about the spiritual pulse of the city of Chicago. Is there other churches there? What's going on? And then from there, we got to engage the gospel. So whether you're in a parking lot, whether you're fishing, whether you're in the lobby, there's opportunities everywhere for them to share the gospel. But our love for Christ ought to overcome our fears of engaging that conversation. We're here to be on mission. And we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we should do everything we can to share the gospel with other people. I'm turning into a sermon. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, we love it. Okay. You see why we, we want him here. Uh, we had to close. But just even, even in the next hour, you're going to be in church this next hour. If there's somebody sitting across the aisle or around it, you don't know their name. Just start right there. Stick your hand out and say, my name is Scott Menez. You use your own. Um, but... <laughs> And greet somebody. Start there and say, wow, I, I actually said something to somebody. And it can lead to there, to yeah. going, where are you from? Do, have you been here long? And then take that into your daily life. And yeah. God will help you, doesn't right. he? He empowers us to do these things. Right. So that's this is missions. Mm. That's what Missions Month is about. Us learning to be missionaries. And by the way, we hear from a few people. Mm. That's, that's the goal of Missions Month. Amen? Yeah, can I say one more thing? You got Three seconds. Three seconds. Also, one of the things that we're trying to do at Riverbend is engage with a ministry called Halifax Urban Ministries. Mm -hmm. um, they help people transition or stay out of homelessness. But they're having an event February 9th. And I'd really like for our church to build a better relationship with them to meet needs, but to also share Christ. If you want to volunteer at their local or their next event, there's a sign-up sheet right past the door at the information desk, but there's also a flyer. You can go to the fundraiser and have lunch and support this event. There's a new shelter that's right up the street to help people that are transitioning from maybe homelessness to permanent living. So if that's something you want to be a part of, um, there's a sign-up sheet and more information through the back. So, yeah, catch, catch Bobby. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing Riverbend to have outreach, Lord. Um, may we uh, not let others do it. May we be almost in a good way, jealous to be involved with different ministries, Lord. Uh, cause us to get outside our comfort zone, to greet people and look for those gospel encounters, those gospel opportunities to turn a conversation to the greatest thing that person needs is the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins that he brings. Lord, so I, we thank you for that. Thank you for Bobby and his ministry. May um, his uh, desire for Christ be affectious to us, Lord. May we May we um, uh, follow his lead in many ways. Thank you for bringing him and Heather and the boys here, Lord. Continue to bless that ministry as well as all the ministries that we have here, Lord. Thank you for letting us come alongside what you're doing. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.